Good morning, everybody. Let's uh, go ahead and start off with our prayer first thing this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to, to get into your word today, Father. We ask you to just take myself out of the way, open our hearts and minds to receive it, Father. Just give, receive, let us receive your true message. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. All right, so uh, we're all familiar with little signs and coffee mugs and, and uh, little memes we see on social media. We all like little little messages, whether it be something humorous or, or just something that has some kind of special meaning to us. And uh, there's one that comes to mind today as we go into our message, and that it is hard to soar with eagles when we work with a bunch of turkeys. And uh, we laugh at that because it's funny, but there's also some truth into it because today we're going to be talking about who do you follow? And uh, we all follow someone or people in some form or another. Even if you're at the tippy top of an organization, you're still being influenced and you're still following someone else. If you're on social media and you go to someone's page, you are following their page. And we, uh, we have all these different people that, that influence us. We have our, our governmental leaders. We have our religious leaders. We have our spouses. We have our family. We have our bosses. And most importantly, we have God. And we're always following someone. And whether or not you're a believer or a follower of God, that means you're on the other side. You have to be either in the light or the darkness. You're either following God or you're following Satan. You're either in the kingdom of heaven or you're in the world. You're one or the other. We are all followers. And uh, we're going to look at a, a couple scriptures today. We'll... Uh, Start off with uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 33, because that's where I'm open to right now. And it says, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. And in 2 Corinthians 6 and 14, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with the unrighteous, and what communication has light with darkness? And there's a couple verses to keep in mind while we're talking about an example of this, a biblical example about being a follower. And this example is going to come from 1 Samuel 17 and 1 through 28. And I'm not going to read that verse for verse today for time privileges, but uh, it's there, 1 Samuel 17, 1 through 28. And uh, you might know that as the story of David and Goliath. And uh, just a little recap, in case you're not familiar with it, there was a, uh, a war going on between the men of Israel, and the Philistines. And each side was up on a mountain, and there was a, a valley in the middle. And uh, on the opposing side was a man named Goliath. And 
he was a big and stout fellow. And he was standing there taunting the other group, telling them that if one would come down there and fight him, if they were to win, then their side would be their servants. But if he was to win, then they would be their servants. And the men were afraid. They were afraid. No one wanted to to face them. No one wanted to face them. They were scared. And uh, we have David that comes down. And uh, he's just there. He's, he's, bringing some, he's bringing some lunches in. He's not there as a soldier. He's there as a, an outsider. But he comes in. And he hears these taunts of Goliath. And he, he's taken back by it. He's taken back by it because here it is. This man down here, he calls him an uncircumcised Philistine. I mean, that's fighting words. And uh, he is going against God. He is threatening God. And he knows that they are anointed, that they are God's chosen people. And they know this is wrong. And David is, is never scared. He is talking about how he killed a lion. How he grabbed him by the beard. And he killed this lion. And he's getting, getting all the, the, the facts straight because King Saul, that these men were under, he said, okay, any person that goes down there, you're going to get all of these things. You're, I'm going to give you my daughter to wed. I'm going to give you these riches. There's all these things on there. And David's like, whoa, that sounds good. And he's going through and he's counting up everything that he's going to get. Because he knows that he can win. He knows that God is on his side. And of course, if you are familiar with the story, you know that he does just that. He goes down and he defeats Goliath and he collects all of his spoils. So, what's my point today? A team is only as good as his leader. One job of the leader, other than leading, is motivation. Motivation. So what do we see here? We see all these men, all these soldiers, soldiers of King Saul. Now these are trained military men. They are all capable. They are all well trained. These are warriors. But yet... They are afraid. We have this man down there that is taunting them. That is making fun of them. 
and every one of them is scared to face him. So much so that this small, youngest, see, because David's brothers were there too. That's who's going to see. They were there, the oldest, the strongest, and they were scared. David was so small that when they tried to put Saul's armor on him, it wouldn't fit. He couldn't carry it. And he's going down to face a man that's so big that he's carrying around a telephone pole for a spear. But the difference is that all of these men served under Saul. He was their leader. But not David. And all of their cowardness, all of this inability to act, all falls upon Saul because these were the traits that he passed down to them. His soldiers were the reflection of his teaching, his leadership. When we have a, a football game, I'm not much of a, a sports guy, but I'm going to try to do a sports analogy here. What does the, the coach do? Pep up the team. They talk about how we're going to go and do it, how we're going to go and win. We create a psychological advantage. Because... For most things in life, where we're talking about success, we're talking about healing, we're talking about getting ahead, many of these battles are start and finished, won and lost in the mind. And how we build ourselves up and how we are built up. You know, in, in football, they have, have drafts. And they always want to draft. They always want to have a, a good, strong quarterback on the team. Because you can take a, a team that's lost over and over again, and you can put someone like Tom Brady on it, who has been there and done that and knows how to win. And he hasn't changed anything about the team. He hasn't made them physically stronger. But he's motivated them. They feel better just having him here because they know they have a person that has already won. That already knows what they're doing. And through this leadership, it enhances the team. As uh, David goes on in life, he has a group called his mighty men. And these men were the cut out of the same cloth as Saul's men. These men were not nothing any different. The difference was 
their, their leadership. Through David, they were confident. They learned how to be strategic. They learned how to build wealth. And later on, in Chronicles, when they're giving to build the temple, we see David make an example by giving greatly for this temple. And his men followed suit. That is what leadership looks like. That is who they were following. So the question is, who are we following? Who are we following? You know, I've talked about it before as we talk about religion. And we have so many choices that we can talk about. There's all different kinds of of pastors, preachers, reverends, and teachers. But what kind of message are they giving out? Because we all like something that feels good and sounds good and gives us hope and good feelings. But we also, we need truth. We need to know, we need to be called out on where we're falling short, where we're doing wrong. And we need to know how to change it and what God wants. Who are we following? It's so easy to have a a herd mentality because we are told that we should think and do a certain way. The, The media drives certain things, certain ideas. And if they say we should be down on a person and we shouldn't like them for this reason, it tends to take hold and take root, and we do just that. When we was going through the election process, and we see all these different people, and they come up with a commercial, they tell you that this person did this, and this is the way they think, and this is what we do, and we turn on them, and we go towards the other one because of these idealistic thinkings. And we're told that this person is bad for this reason. And we just simply take it all in. And we don't bother to do any kind of fact-checking for ourselves. As I'm talking here today, I'm telling you where the source material is coming from. I'm giving you the biblical addresses of where you can go and read and see for yourself. And I encourage everyone to do so. Because I'm up here with limited time. And there is so much more that the Word of God has to offer and so much more that you can get and receive than you can in this little bit of time that we're together today. And there's so much more messages, so much more that God has to say. We are supposed to to choose our leaders, choose who we follow. Now, we had a a big election this year, and there was a lot of controversy about this election. And many say that there was some rigging going on, and there's a lot of things that are questionable. And I'm not going to sit here and say it is or it isn't. I mean, I can only look at what everyone else says, and I can only have an opinion. And my opinion doesn't really matter. And the fact is, I really don't know 
what I want it to be from a biblical standpoint. Because if it was rigged and we did not get to choose our true leader, then, well, that's bad. But yet, if we did, if everything came into play, if everything was legit and on par, that's bad too. Because that means that 70 million Americans want a poor leader. For nothing more than a biblical standpoint. Because if you look at things that God says, and you look at things that our leaders are for, like abortion, God says no, but our leaders say yes. We look at giving. You know, if you look in the, in the book of Samuel and, and you back up some chapters, we look at how, how Saul came to be as their, their leader. That Israel cried out for a king. And God told them, they said, no, you, this is not good. That you need to follow God. You don't need a king. That problems reside with it. And we as humans, no matter where we're at, no matter what country, no matter what our standpoint is, we always want to inject man into everything. Whether it's our own idealistic ideas or whether we want to put a person in between us and God. Look at the entire Catholic faith. They inject people in between us and God. But Jesus came. Jesus came and he sacrificed himself so we don't have anything between us and God. And all we want to do is keep putting up more and more barriers. We want more and more people to tell us how to think, how to act, and what to do. We're afraid to stand up. We're afraid to take a stand. We keep saying that we want our freedom, our choices. Women say that it's my body, my choice. That we, They want that right to choose. Now there's this big push about gender. That we're no longer to accept what God has made us and we are supposed to choose now based on the idealisticism of the world. And we're supposed to, to wait and give our children hormones to stop their growth so they can make a choice. But yet, we don't want to choose to follow God. We don't want to choose to accept the life that he has for us. We don't want to choose to police ourselves to follow the morals and the standards that he has set for us. Now, we want, we want man to do all that. We don't want to work anymore. What we want is excuses. 
We want to blame our skin color, our gender, our race, our situations. Life is hard. Life is challenging. But with God in it, by following God, we can all be successful. And there are many success stories. There's always someone that has it harder than you, a worse situation, and yet they're able to overcome. We want to take the smallest thing and we want to do away with it. If something offends us, we should just take it away. If something doesn't fit the idealistics of the world, we should just take it away. Who are we following? We have all of these leaders, these celebrities, and they have these ideas. And we click that follow button. We click that follow button. We listen to their music. We watch their shows. We buy their tickets. We do all of these things. And yet, their, their ideas, their things they're putting out there is so anti-God. And I say anti-God. And no, not many people are coming out and saying that they're anti-God, but their belief system, their fruits, what they're doing, their ideas, all of that is what you have to look at to determine whether they're anti-God. We can only be in one place or the other. We're either following the Word of God or we are following the world, which is dominated by Satan. And if we're saying that Abortion is okay. That is not of God. If we are taking away our freedoms, our right to, to bear arms, our right to defend ourselves, our right to be able to make our own choices, make our own decisions, have our own prosperity. God is here to make us prosperous. He is our source. Well, how is that to come to pass? We look at we look at David. He came from the smallest. He came from out in the fields tending sheep to king with riches, with status. And that is all because of, of God. But if we are living in a socialistic world where we are not free to succeed, God can't flourish. God can't propel us. God can't promote us because we are letting men, people, hold us back. Who are we following? You know, it's it's not that easy because the world puts so much pressure on us that we need to conform, that we need to be part of something. So it's, it seems difficult to, to hit that unfollow button, to change the channel on the radio, to change the channel on the TV station, to avoid all that because everyone says this person is so great. But we're not here to worship 
man. We're here to worship God. God should be first and foremost who we are following. His system is the only system. And anything that does not line up with what God tells us to be truth should be discarded, ignored, and thrown away. Little by little, we keep letting it in because it's everywhere. And it's unpopular if we are to discard it. Because it's the, the water cooler talk the next day at work. It's the, the conversation they're having online. It's the need to know to be able to, to follow the feeds. But what we need to do is, is say no. You know, what's wrong with saying, hey, I do not follow this person because they do not align with God. You know, that's what we are to do. We are to be the example. You know, these things coming at us, that's like that lion. We should grab it by the beard and we should slay it. Slay the lion of the world. Slay the lion that keeps coming at us. Don't be afraid to say no. Don't be afraid to unfollow. And there are plenty of good resources to align ourselves with. We're supposed to be aligned with believers. Pick people that are working towards the same goals that you want to work for. Because, you know, if you spend all your time, if you hang out with three millionaires all the time, you know what's going to happen? They're going to build a fourth. But the same thing, if you hang out with three crackheads, they're going to build a fourth. Because who you partner yourself with, who you align with, is who affects your outcome. Peter loaned a fellow named Jesus a boat. And he borrowed that for a bit. And in doing so, Jesus told him, let down your nets. And he let down his nets. And they filled him up with so many fish that the boat almost sank. And Peter said, come on, John. Come on out here. Now, John didn't do anything, but he was aligned with a good partner, and that partner was aligned with God, and God has the answers to everything, so in return, he filled up his boat too. We want to align ourselves with godly people. That's getting the information from the source. Because that's what matters. You can listen to stuff that makes you feel good. You can listen to your stuff that sounds popular in the world. But yet, it's not going to get you anywhere. We've got Resurrection Sunday coming up soon. You know, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this again, but they were standing out there and there was Barabbas and Jesus. And a few people started 
Crucify Jesus. Crucify Jesus. Because it would fit a few. See, that benefited a few, the Pharisees, the people that he was causing a ruckus for because he was getting into their control and their pockets, and they didn't like that. He had to go. So a few people out there in the crowd started making a ruckus. And what do we want to do? We want to join in. We want to be part of something. So everybody started chanting, crucify Jesus. So what do they do? They let the criminal go. They let the bad guy go. And they crucified the man that knowed no sin. Who are you following? Who are you following? Now we know that Jesus had to die. But you know it would have been it would have been nice if there had been someone that stood up. You know, even his followers denied him. They ran and hid. No one stood up. No one was following the right guy. Who are you following today? Who is your leader? Who's your influence? Is it time to make a change?